You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hi, welcome to the Crosscheck NHL, or sorry, welcome to the Locked On NHL season preview live show special featuring from the Crosscheck NHL Show, myself, Andrew Berkshire, and Mary Clark. Mary, how you doing? Good. Excited for the hockey season, Andrew. We, yeah. we finally did it. We're here. Hockey is about to be played, and I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Long time no see, Mary. We only recorded a podcast a few hours ago. Yep. So we're hanging out all day today, and we've got an exciting show for you today. A fully packed hour full of stuff. The best storylines heading into the regular season. We've got some bold predictions to hit you with. We've got some uh, fantasy hockey liners from Scott Cullen from Locked On NHL Fantasy. We've got all sorts of stuff. Best bounce back candidates, players to watch this year. It's it's a crazy season that we're, we're heading into. This is going to be... People have been branding this season as a return to normalcy. I think we're probably going to have to wait till next year for that. It's not quite a return to normalcy, but it's as close as we're going to get in 2021. And I think we're all really excited for it. Yes, I absolutely am. And you're right that a return to normalcy will have to wait because... The season got shifted a little bit this year. I mean, what? Free agency doesn't start on July 1st. I mean, I know I'm looking way, way, way ahead, but like we're uh, a lot has been shifted and we have the Olympics too to look forward to, which I don't know if we're going to touch on here, but that is something really exciting that I am gearing up for because I love me some Olympic hockey and it's great to have NHLers back, hopefully. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting, especially if uh, the old pandemic doesn't delay everything and force them out of the Olympics. But let's let's be positive. Hopefully everything works out for the best. Uh, we're going to talk first up about the most unlikely scenario that we probably could have imagined heading into the last few years is that there's a team that has the potential to three-peat and that's Tampa Bay Lightning who won back-to-back Stanley Cups in what can only be described as the most difficult circumstances imaginable uh, during a crazy pandemic uh, season and playoffs the year before separated season from playoffs uh, in 2020 they're an incredible team, but they've lost a whole line in the offseason. Can they three-peat? Well, we're going to first talk to or listen to a video made by Adam Denker, who is the host of the Locked On Lightning podcast, and see what he thinks the Lightning's big, biggest obstacles are for a three-peat. Hey, everybody. Adam Denker here from Locked On Lightning, and I'm here to tell you the biggest obstacle facing the Tampa Bay Lightning from three-peating as Stanley Cup champions Biggest obstacle, and it really boils down to this, plain and simple, is fatigue. Can the Tampa Bay Lightning repeat after winning two cups in the span of 10 months? Not only are they going to play an 82-game season this season, but they also have the Olympic Games contend with, players going in and out in international play. So that is the one thing that is standing between them and winning a third Stanley Cup championship for this third for this for the third time and second in in two years really what it comes down to can john cooper manage andre vasileski's games see how many times he could play this season and all these other players victor hedman steven stamkos all these other class players especially Braden point can these guys bounce in and out of the lineup taking rest when needed but also being able to jump right into the spit into the thick of things when the team needs them most. Uh, another player that we need to look out for on the Lightning to see how he bounces back. Not really bounces back, but is able to continue his success, and that is Nikita Kucherov, having a fantastic last two years in the playoffs. Missed all of last season due to surgery, but came in, picked up where he left off in the previous season, and he led them to the, to the Stanley Cup Finals and ultimately a Stanley Cup. So if you want to hear more about the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Go ahead and follow us at LO underscore lightning on Twitter. Give us a follow on Instagram at locked on underscore lightning and be sure to check us out as the season progresses. Mary and I actually mentioned this on the podcast earlier today, which you can check out with some, some of our other season predictions. And I think you roasted me for it, Andrew. I hate to say it, but I think you were like, eh, I don't think fatigue. Like, I don't, I don't know, but well, did I, I don't know. I don't remember, but I think (laughs) he's right. that fatigue probably is, one of the biggest issues facing the lightning because of how compressed the last season was the short off season. And like Victor Hedman ended last season playing injured, right? Like we all remember that he was not a hundred percent during the playoffs and they have a core that seems to be able to play through injuries. I'm not worried about Nikita Kucherov at all. 
<laughs> like that, that doesn't, con- he doesn't concern me, but I, I think Vasilevsky is definitely the guy that they have to look at the most with the whole idea of load management, right? Which has come into other sports and been very successful, but hockey is very reticent to imp- implement load management for their star players for whatever reason. Uh, maybe part of the hockey culture that we don't like so much and it just kind of burns players into the ground. I think the lightning are smart enough to be able to pull that off, but I just don't think that they have the ability to do the same thing this year as they did the last two years because of the players that they've lost combined with the attrition and the games that they've had to play over the last couple of years here. Yeah. Like you said, they lost like what, was it their second line, third line? But it was yeah, essentially their, their second, whole second line. It was basically their second line, yeah, that they lost. And that is a deep cut for any team, and uh, not just, you know, them being the reigning Stanley Cup champions. So that's definitely just something to look out for. Uh, I know we talked about it on the podcast earlier, but I definitely do not think that the Lightning can three-peat. Um, it's just, it's so difficult to win championships, especially in hockey, because... Not to say that the sport is random or anything, but it is, you get into the playoffs and anything can happen. You know this, we've talked about this before, but it is just one of those things where it is so difficult to win championships and to win back-to-back cups already is, not to say a miracle, but is a testament to the Lightning strength as a team, because it, it felt inevitable. I mean, like what, we got into the playoffs, they rolled a whole bunch of people, and we were, and when we got to the Stanley Cup final, I was like, yes, this feels inevitable. Uh, but this year it doesn't. This year the floor feels more wide open. Uh, I'm willing to, you know, see and give them a chance, but it definitely feels like their time as champions is coming to an end. But it was a very good run. It was a very good and fun run. Yeah, absolutely. They're a fantastic team to watch. They bring that combination of skill and physicality that a lot of teams just can't match, right? And they have a great goaltender and there aren't very many weaknesses throughout the roster. They'll have more weaknesses this year because as you win in the salary cap era, it gets harder to fit all of your players into that salary cap structure as well. Players go unrestricted and you become subject to their whims and it's tough to keep the band together. Lightning have done a really admirable job managing the salary cap so far, but they finally took some hits this year in the off season. Even after trading Tyler Johnson, they're still up against it. So it's, it's a tough, a tough go for them. I think that they're in that, top tier of teams but they're not above like they have been the last two years whereas like you had your like vegas colorado uh and lightning but you always had the lightning a little bit above them and now they're back in the pack i don't think they're not a contender but it's just the last time somebody three-peated was the early 1980s you know we've only had two teams win back-to-back cups since the Detroit Red Wings did it in the nineties and that's the Penguins and lightning both relatively recently. So maybe they can three peat, but until it happens, I'm going to say it's just not possible. Yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. All right. Next story we got on the uh, locked on NHL live preview show special featuring the cross check NHL shows hosts, myself, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Welcome. If you're just joining us is the Seattle expansion, probably the story of the season, right? I think Vegas took everyone by storm to such a ridiculous degree their first season that the expectations are probably a little bit unfair for Seattle, but you see the hype that's been generated around that franchise and the way that they've marketed themselves and the people that they've brought in to, uh, you know, ingratiate themselves with the community and really build themselves as a community has been really inspiring to see. And the Kraken, they're a team that I'd say the, the draft was not very inspiring, but you know what? Neither was Vegas's draft. It's just that Vegas made a ton of trades after and the Kraken didn't. And you can see from the players that they brought in what the goal is. But let's first listen to Erica Ayala, who is the fantastic host of Locked On Kraken and her thoughts on what the Kraken are building here. What's cracking, hockey fans? Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken, here to give you a big picture overview of the Seattle Kraken for the 2021-22 season. Essentially, everything is new. We are so excited. The puck drops on the Seattle Kraken inaugural season on the road. They will take on the Las Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Tonight. It's happening tonight. First ever game day. Tonight. We're so excited. There's a lot of leadership on this team. And, of course, that is led by the newly minted captain, Mark Giordano, of course, coming from the Calgary Flames. But you've got Yanni Gord. You've got uh, Jordan Eberle. Jaden Schwartz. I'm really excited to see what Jaden Schwartz is going to do for this team. You've got uh, just it goes on and on and on. So I'm excited to see how now that we've got preseason, they'll have a regular season game under their belt, how those leaders are going to help 
facilitate the growth of this team on the ice alongside, of course, Dave Haxel and the rest, the rest of the coaching staff. It's going to be exciting, but this team is going to have to fight if they want to be one of those top three teams in the Pacific Division. There is a little bit of a cushion, and they have now not just Yanni Gord and Colin Blackwell on the injured reserve, but they have several players in COVID protocol. So lots of players starting off that are on the injured reserve list for the Seattle Kraken team. So they have a little bit of time there that they're going to need some of their younger players to really step up. And I think that time was going to be buffer time anyway to establish how the Seattle Kraken want to play hockey, which is a strong forecheck. We know that from preseason. So I think we still really have to wait until maybe even December to get a, a, a real sense of how the Seattle Kraken team is going to play. But come the top of the year, I'm expecting to know for sure what we have in the Seattle Kraken. And then we'll see what happens as we have Philip Grubauer and Alex True, who is in the 23-player uh, roster they both will be representing their team in the Olympics. So we'll see what happens at that Olympic break. Grubauer with the German team and Alex True with Team Denmark. So if you want a preview, you just got to stay tuned. Everything brand new, but we'll be talking about it on your daily Seattle Kraken podcast, Locked on Kraken. Oh, man. Her enthusiasm just yeah, gets me so psyched. I am so ready for the Kraken. Like, oh, I mean, I was already on board with this team from their branding. I knew once it came out that the name was Seattle Kraken, I knew the NHL doesn't didn't mess it up. I was totally on board. They're, I think, my second favorite team just on the branding alone. Uh, so I'm not going to hype them up to have like high expectations because, like you said, you can't follow Vegas. They set such a high bar that Seattle will never be able to meet However, this is still exciting times. We don't often get to see expansion teams in the, the NHL. And I'm really looking forward to, I think, a couple Saturdays from now when we get the first home game in front of uh, Seattle fans. But tonight's game against the Vegas Golden Knights is going to be absolutely wild, even though they are missing some players due to COVID. Uh, that came out uh, earlier today. I don't know the full list on hand, but there is a handful of their you know heavy hitters, I think, uh, Yarn Croak and Don Squay, I think, are both out uh, due to COVID 19 protocol, but still exciting nonetheless. Yeah, unfortunately, that COVID 19 stuff is still throwing some wrenches in the works. Like Nathan McKinnon is going to miss the beginning of the season. Now, we should mention that it is due to protocol, so it could be, yes. you know, a test that's inconclusive. Hopefully, none of these players are testing positive and having to deal with actual uh, issues related to the illness. You never know. You know, it's it's a t most players. I think every player except for is it still Tyler Bertuzzi is vaccinated now and maybe Mackenzie Blackwood. But uh, to go off on a tangent away from that, we'll stick to the Seattle Kraken here. I think we give the NHL a lot of crap for pretty poor management of marketing and all that. But I think that this starting the Kraken off against Vegas is almost perfect. The only thing that they messed up here is that it's not in Seattle. Yes, thank you, Andrew. That is the only gripe I have here, but I think it's still a great showcase, uh, especially because we're now on ESPN, uh, and I've been really enjoying the coverage already so far from them, so I'm excited to see what it's going to be like tonight. But I know the big question on everybody's minds is, is playoffs a factor here for Seattle? And I think that they could sneak in. I really, really do. I'd, uh, the Pacific Division is the weakest division in the NHL. And I think there is an opening there for them to sneak into the playoffs in the third spot in the Pacific. I know that's very bold, but I'm re I am really believe that their defensive style and their goaltending will be their strengths. We don't know who's going to score goals for them, but if their defense and goaltending can be as sharp as they are on paper, I am penciling them in for that spot. I don't think that they're going to make as much noise as Vegas will, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do out on the ice. Yeah, I mean, it's unlikely that anyone can match what Vegas did their first season. That was truly lightning in a bottle. And Vegas didn't get to make, or no, sorry, Seattle didn't get to make the trades that Vegas did. Teams were a lot more cautious with how they handled the expansion draft. This time around, they didn't give up extra assets. So they are they just started from a less of a sure footing. But I think that we're in agreement that they could make the playoffs this year. The Pacific is weak, like you mentioned. But uh, let's move on from Seattle for a moment and talk about division realignment. Because... Last year, it was only interdivision play, and a lot of teams were playing teams that uh, they don't see as often. And like last year, I think it was like 10 times 
uh, Canadian teams uh, face certain teams uh, with the division of seven this year. Teams get back into their regular divisions. And we know that at least one Canadian team is put into a division that might be a little bit tough. And that's the Montreal Canadiens. They're in a te- the division that is the most top heavy in the NHL, in my opinion. And we're going to talk to or li- hear from Laura Saba from Locked On Canadians to tell us what's going to happen with the Canadians in this newly stacked division. Hey folks, this is Laura Saba of Locked On Canadians. As you know, the Habs are rejoining the Atlantic Division after a shortened season in the North Division with all Canadian teams. What this means is that the division is going to be a lot tougher for the Canadians this year with teams like Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay, Florida that we know are expected to be good teams as well as a team like Ottawa that for whatever reason is always a thorn in the side of the Canadians. Detroit, who the last season that these two teams played, Detroit swept the Canadians. And, um, you know, the Buffalo Sabres that always give them problems. So this is going to be a tougher division for the Canadians. They might be a bubble team up until the end of it. They might make the playoffs. They might not. However, the one thing that they do have going for them is their power play is likely to be vastly improved with the additions that they've made on forward. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, check out Locked On Canadians wherever you get your podcasts with myself and my co-host Scott Matla. Oh man, I'm so sad we couldn't have Laura live because I feel like this is like the third time I have missed her on the show, on the Crosscheck <laughs> and Angel show. Oh man, because I, I would absolutely love to, ha- to talk to her uh, actually as a person in real life. But no, that was a, that was a really great segue into it because uh, no more Norse division, uh, which I, I'm kind of sad, but at the same time, I mean, it was, you know, a little bit of a kind of unfair because, you know, the North had ottawa for a little bit as being bad but yeah the division realignment is huge this year because the canadians are the team that i think is in most danger of falling out of the playoffs uh i know that the power play may be retooled but they lost a lot of people they lost yeah they did they lost uh cock and yammy philip deneau um carrie price is on the shea weber carrie price is checked into the nhl's player assistance program for reasons unknown but we hope he is getting help and getting better but they've lost a lot and i think that they're going to suffer most from division realignment because they slotted in right next to the uh back-to-back stanley cup champions in the in the tampa bay lightning uh not to mention you know the boston bruins the up-and-coming florida panthers who i think we'll talk about uh, later on in the show, but it is it is a tall task for them. So that is definitely the team that looks to be the most impacted. But I will be interested to see how the Arizona Coyotes do in the Central because they're now the team that moved out of the Pacific and into the Central because of Seattle moving into the league. We don't think that they're going to be a very good team this year, so there might not be much to talk about on that front, but that is still an interesting story going into the season because... It is just, it's a neat move. Uh, I know that some people aren't necessarily happy with it due to, you know, the travel and the time changes and whatnot, but it's still interesting to look forward to. Yeah, I I have a feeling the Arizona Coyotes don't think they're going to be competitive this year either, (laughs) just based on how they handle their offseason. But look at all those picks they have. This, I think this next summer is going to be the most interesting summer in Arizona Coyotes history. And that part is exciting. But uh, yeah, I think the Canadians are in tough. I think that uh, they'll probably finish fifth in that division. They have, a, they have a chance to knock out the Bruins. The Bruins have lost some some players, too. You know, they've lost David Krejci, their second-line center, and they're trying to replace internally, and Charlie Coyle really struggled last season. So we'll see how they handle things. But uh, the Canadians are going to need everything to break right for them to make the playoffs. And, you know, it, it hasn't broken right in the regular season for several years in a row. So it'd be hard to assume that losing their captain and starting goaltender to start the year, that it's going to break right for them now. But we're going to head to a break here in a second. got to tell you about Built Bar, the most delicious protein bar on the market. Did you know that Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. You can check out coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, or German chocolate. And if you're adventurous or you don't know what you'd like the most, you can always get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Figure out what you like that way. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, covered in chocolate and easy to chew, they're also healthy. Check out the macros. Each bar contains between 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. 
Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Well, with the NHL season starting back up, we got to tell you that uh, the betting game is going to be hot. And Bet Online is, as always, the best place to place your bets. Bet Online is the number one spot for all NHL action this season. With a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything hockey. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, hockey, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing officer offers available for the 2021-2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Scott Cullen, host of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, and I have three rookies for you to consider for this fantasy hockey season. Anaheim Duck Center Trevor Zegras flashed some potential last year. He had 21 points in 17 AHL games, then 13 points in 24 games with the Ducks. That keeps him rookie eligible, and he should be the Ducks' top center and play on their first power play unit. Montreal Canadiens winger Cole Caulfield scored 30 goals in 31 games at the University of Wisconsin last season on his way to winning the Hobie Baker Award as the nation's top player. Then, he joined the Habs and contributed 17 points in 30 games between the regular season and playoffs. That just set the stage for expectations coming into this season. Then we've got Boston goaltender Jeremy Swayman. The Bruins spent big free agent money on goaltender Linus Ulmark, but don't be so sure that Ulmark's going to win the battle in the Boston crease. Swayman had a 9.33 save percentage in 9 AHL games last season before posting a 9.45 save percentage in 10 games with the Bruins. If Ulmark isn't on top of his game, Swayman might just steal the Bruins' starting job. Check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast for more news and tips every day throughout the NHL season. All right, we are back with our Players to Watch segment. First up, we're going to look at some bounce-back candidates. Mary and I both have our candidates that we've picked out, and luckily, we've got our Locked On local hosts to give us their opinions on those candidates. So first up, my candidate is Pierre-Luc Dubois, and we're going to talk to Harrison Lee from Locked On Jets to see what he thinks of Pierre-Luc Dubois this season. Hello, friends. This is Harrison Lee of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Uh, I've gotten a question about, you know, season previews and specifically Pierre-Luc Dubois. What do I expect from the center that, you know, from Columbus was promising to be a huge power forward with a really great shot? I think last year there was a lot of familiarity issues, the system changes, the emotional changes, the impact of COVID on travel. I think a lot of it just weighed really heavily on him. And now that he's had a couple of months to settle in Winnipeg, I think that we're going to see a much more renewed much more active, offensively gifted, and frankly, more dominant form of PLD. He's got more upper body strength. He seems like he is balked up. And I, I know that he has lost a little bit of a step in his stride, but if he can start to find his teammates like Ehlers and Coppin more, you know, uh, good scoring opportunities and positioning, I think that there's a chance for him to do really good things. I like a lot of the traits that he still possesses. His passing and shooting are great. He's got that inside slot drive. It's just kind of getting chemistry and becoming more accustomed to how the Jets play. Once he works that out, he's going to be fine. All right. I agree. I think he's on. He's going to have a huge year, in my opinion. I think he's going to be back to what we expected from Columbus. But Mary, wh- who's your candidate? Ooh, oh, man. My candidate Bias is my here. boy. Bias. My <laughs> candidate is my boy, Carter Hart. And I'm going to let my good friend, friend of the pod, Rachel Donner, take it away uh, and show us why Carter Hart is my bounce back candidate of the year. Hi, this is Rachel with the Locked On Flyers podcast here to talk about one of the biggest storylines for this upcoming season on the Flyers, and that's goaltender Carter Hart. He is absolutely due for a turnaround season. We know last year wasn't the best for him with a 3.67 GAA and 8.77 save percentage, but the span of his career has shown that not only is he more broadly a great goaltender, he has a solid overall winning record at 49 and 37 at the NHL level. Plus, he's had great success in junior hockey as well as international play. 
he has looked really calm and confident in the preseason. And he talked about his offseason training in a way that shows he had a really good reset and he's ready to go. Plus, he's rocking an ACDC mask this year to go with that new attitude. I cannot wait to see him back out on the ice and prove he's still got it. For more on Carter Hart and the Flyers this season, listen to the Locked on Flyers podcast. Oh, love you, Rachel. Thank you so much. I know, I know you're not here to listen to me say that, but thank you, Rachel. <laughs> uh, but first, we should get to your pick, Andrew, because I need you to explain why Pierre-Luc Dubois is your pick, and then we can just pivot back to me and Carter Hart, because I'm going to take up a bunch of time to talk about my boy. So you are you are yeah. free to go to talk about your guy. I mean, I think the big thing with Pierre-Luc Dubois is that last season he started out, like, frankly, he was not trying. Right. He was benched in Columbus for a reason. There were shifts that you that kind of went viral where he was just not battling for pucks. And I think it's tough to shift from that attitude into actually competing really hard. Maybe he wasn't in the best shape coming out of camp, but, uh, you know, I, I think he'll get back together this season. He's going to come in renewed and uh, clean slate in Winnipeg. And I think they're a more competitive team this year in Winnipeg. So I think there's a lot of potential for him. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, and you're right. It was very like James Harden-esque. Uh, his, uh, his, I guess, not trying, not trying, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, but my boy Carter Hart, if he does not bounce back this year, I will be very upset because the Flyers fandom has placed a lot of faith in their goalies. And I know that the goalie position is cursed for the city of Philadelphia, but I really do believe in him. I don't think he's going to be histor- a historically bad goaltender two seasons in a row. Uh, I really think that it, it was just it was just a bad year. I mean, to be fair, it was a bad year for us all, really. But it was just made worse by, you know, COVID, the like the like schedule uh, being shrunk and there being less games, um, like less between days. So I really believe Carter Hart is uh, a bounce back candidate as Carter Hart goes. The Flyers will go. So I have the Flyers making the playoffs this year as, as kind of a surprise. But that's because I believe in Carter Hart's bounce back. However, if he doesn't bounce back, expect another season of misery in Philadelphia Flyers fans. I am sorry, but I really do think he is primed for a bounce back. Yeah. Plus he brought in that sick ghost rider mask that debuted on yeah. social media the other day. So that's, that's got me in Carter Hart's corner right away. But uh, this is the locked on NHL season preview special uh, live show featuring crosscheck NHL hosts, myself, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We're excited to have you here. If you're just joining us, uh, we're going to talk next about, some rookies from last year that we think are going to take a big jump forward this year. And I think the biggest one here is Alexi Lafreniere from the New York Rangers. We're going to let John Chick from Locked On Rangers take it away here and explain why he thinks or what he thinks Lafreniere has got in store for us this year. And then we'll talk about it. Hey, what is going on, hockey fans? John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers here to talk about why Alexi Lafreniere could be in line for a breakout in year two of his NHL career. I think for starters, the first thing you got to look at is the simple fact that we had a normal training camp and an actual preseason this year. I think the Rangers, being that they're such a young team, were probably hurt by the lack of a real training camp and the total absence of preseason games last year as much or more than any team in hockey. And I think Alexi Lafreniere, uh, certainly among Ranger players, probably was hurt more than anybody because I don't care who you are. You're 18 years old. That's asking a lot of somebody to just jump onto the ice in the NHL, immediately become a superstar. So especially with no preseason games and, and, and no training camp or a limited training camp. Also, I think Alexi Lafreniere will be better used under Gerard Gallant than he was under David Quinn. Not to kill David Quinn, but there were too many times last year where Alexi Lafreniere was moving up and down and all over the lineup and switching between left wing and right wing and spending time on the fourth line. And I'm not sure what that does to help anybody. Gerard Gallant and his coaching staff are going to use Alexi Lafreniere quite a lot better than that. Another reason is the chemistry that Alexi Lafreniere has developed in a short time with Mika Zibanejad. It took some time last year to put the two of them on the same line, but when they finally were on the same line toward the end of last season, they really clicked, and I believe that carries over into this season. Alexi Lafreniere had a strong finish to last season, which leads me into my final point here, which is, once again, that he had a strong finish last season. Alexi Lafreniere got off to a really slow start last season. He did gradually get better and better as the season progressed. He had four goals and three assists in his final nine games last year. Not quite video game, eye-popping, crazy numbers, but certainly a step in the right direction and something that Ranger fans are going to be hoping carries over into this season, and I believe it will. Uh, That's pretty much it for now, guys. Uh, Make sure to check out the Lockdown New York Ranger podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. 
All right, so Lafreniere queued up by John Chick of Locked On Rangers. And Mary, who is your pick? My pick is, I guess not a surprise, but one we didn't hear about at all last season because uh, he was recovering from myocarditis. Uh, it's uh, Marco Rossi of the uh, Minnesota Wild, who I really hope has a bounce back here this year just because of the unfortunate circumstances uh, he was put in last year. Yeah, that makes sense. And we're going to hear from... <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. We're going to hear from Seth Tupal of Locked On Wild to explain what he thinks Marco Rossi has in store for us this year. Hey, everybody. Seth Tupal, host of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, here to explain what to expect from Marco Rossi for the 2021 2022 season. Now, as we saw with the uh, final roster cuts before the start of the season, Rossi will start the year in Iowa. And if you listen to some of Bill Guerin's comments as to uh, why that is, uh, it's because at this point, Iowa is the spot that will allow the most consistent playing time for Rossi. They can put him on the top line down there and give him a chance to uh, get some games under his belt and uh, put up numbers. And then as soon as there is an injury or any other uh, situation that calls for a player to be called up, Rossi's going to be one of the first names that is uh, is called up by this wild team. Uh, he will bring in electricity. We saw it throughout the preseason. A guy who just knows how to play hockey and uh, can bring some really exciting things to this wild team. So as fans, if you were hoping to see Rossi to start the season, don't be uh, don't be thrown uh, thrown into. Uh, a, a mode of being upset because uh, we'll see Rossi before too long. And uh, he is definitely going to have a spot on this roster as the, uh, the season unfolds and as his career unfolds as well. So Rossi will have to wait for now, but uh, don't worry because his time is coming. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm high on uh, Marco Rossi. And uh, like I said, it was unfortunate uh, the way that he couldn't play last season. But I know he was highly touted by Wild fans. Obviously not as highly touted as Kaprizov. But I definitely think if, you know, he gets his legs under him in the AHL, he could definitely be one of those players that has, I guess, kind of a resurgence. It really isn't a resurgence if he didn't play. But, uh, you know, he fits the mold of that type of player that could have a bounce back year, considering his terrible luck of it uh, in the previous season. Yeah, and Lafreniere, I think the main thing to take away from his rookie season is not only is he going to get to play more teams and it won't just be in a division where the Rangers are clearly in the bottom and they're constantly playing the top teams and there's no easy matchups. Like The Metropolitan is still going to be tough this year, but he's going to play teams from outside that division as well. So it's almost like a second rookie year, which is kind of fun. But also Lafreniere's underlying numbers last year were actually great. Like They were really solid and he just couldn't get the puck to go in for himself. That kind of changed down the stretch, as John Chick referred to. And I think that bringing in Gerard Gallant, who is a coach who really pushes offensive players, is going to really help Lafreniere. He pushes a highly paced game. And I think the Rangers have the forward group to really take advantage of that. And the loss of Pavel Buchnevich over the offseason is going to also give uh, Lafreniere some more playing time, maybe some more power play time. And I expect him to have a really big sophomore season. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Our next players to watch section is goalie musical chairs. Tons of goalies change teams this year. And here on the Locked On live show special to start the regular season with Crosscheck hosts myself, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, we're going to talk about two of the goalies that we see as having the biggest impact on their new teams. Now, mine is Darcy Kemper. I think this is kind of a cheating pick because... Everyone can see that the Colorado Avalanche are bound for a really big season. Darcy Kemper has had some spectacular numbers over the last few seasons in Arizona. I think he's like a top five goaltender in terms of goal saved above average on a per 60 basis, uh, but he can't really stay healthy. So if he's able to stay healthy, I think this is a year where we start talking about Darcy Kemper as like an Olympic team candidate, as a Vesna candidate. He was probably robbed of a Vesna nomination a couple of years ago, but we're going to talk to Christmas Maselli about Darcy Kemper. He's the host of Locked On Avalanche and what his expectations are for this new goaltender for the Avs. Hey everyone, Chris from Locked On Avalanche here to talk a little bit about Darcy Kemper and what is expected of him this year. Clearly the Avalanche lost 
Philip Grubauer to the Seattle Kraken. So there's two questions when it comes to Kemper. Can he stay healthy? And can he repeat what Grubauer did last year? Both big questions. His health has always been a concern over the course of his career. So can he keep it together? And can he put up the stats like Philip Grubauer did last year? And he's going to have to do both of those things early on. With Pavel Francouz going down in the preseason, now there's a lot more pressure on him to be more than the guy that they were expecting him to be beginning of the season. They were going to have a good tandem. And now with Francois not coming back for three to four weeks, maybe even longer, there's even more added pressure for Kemper to produce. Was it just he was a really good goalie on a not-so-good team in Arizona? And now that he's on Colorado on a good team with a good defense in front of him, can he put up those Grubauer-like numbers? The Avalanche think he can. The fans think he can. Me personally, I definitely think he can do that. But it is something to watch very early in the season. Now it's pretty much his game to run with no Francois. So we shall see. All right. That's yeah. It's a lot of pressure on Darcy Kemper now to stay healthy with Francois out. So uh, Mary, who's your pick for a goaltender that will have the most impact this season on their new team? Uh, you kind of stole the obvious one. So I'm going to go for a little bit of a, you know, kind of under the radar guy, just because of the way the team is shaking out. So I picked Jonathan Bernier of the New Jersey Devils. And why? Because Mackenzie Blackwood, at least currently is still unvaccinated for the New Jersey Devils. He said he's going to get the vaccine. So this obviously may not stand up for the whole season, but if Blackwood misses games, Bernier is going to have to be relied on for the Devils. And, you know, they're supposed to be in the playoff hunt this year. Um, so I think that's why he's going to at least, you know, have the most impact as a goalie who has moved around this year. Uh, and I'm going to tee this up uh, for Trey Matthews of uh, Locked on Devils uh, to discuss why Bernier is the goaltender who will likely have the most impact for his new team. What's up? This is Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils, and here are my thoughts on Jonathan Bernier and what he's going to provide for the New Jersey Devils coming into this year. So the one thing that we should first establish with Jonathan Bernier is that he's a former Stanley Cup champion who he beat in the Stanley Cup finals is completely irrelevant. But still, that's something we cannot take away from him. Also, he's a capable starter. And I think it's the one thing that the New Jersey Devils needed uh, last year, which was we didn't really have a reliable backup goaltender. And with Jonathan Bernier, we now have that because like I said he's a former champion and um, you know he he's had experience of being a, a starter so he knows uh, to play any role that is given to him uh, he played for the Detroit Red Wings a team that wasn't really good uh, defensively so he didn't really have much help so his numbers might not be as good as they could have potentially been but now since he's with the uh, New Jersey Devils especially since we've reamped our defensive pairings of like Ryan Graves Dougie Hamilton uh, you Jonas Siegenthaler seems to be blossoming. We have Ty Smith, who was an all-rookie team. Uh, P.K. Subban, former Norris Trophy winner. So uh, I think Jonathan Bernier, if he is in net for the New Jersey Devils, uh, I don't think he'll have any um, problems on the defensive end because I think the New Jersey Devils will be a much better defensive team compared to uh, the Detroit Red Wings. So uh, my initial thoughts on Jonathan Bernier, former Stanley Cup champion, and he brings the playoff experience. He's a former capable starter, and he is someone I can rely on. See? Makes the most sense to me. I don't know about yeah. you, Andrew, but I think that no, makes I, sense. I to love me. that pick. I love that pick because I think isn't uh, Blackwood. Aside from not being vaccinated, he's currently sidelined with illness that they thought might have been related. E either way, I think Bernie is going to be relied on a lot this year. Blackwood has had some good moments in the NHL, but I don't think he's an established like sixty game a year starter either. And Bernie has been silently like the MV MVP of uh, the Red Wings the last couple, uh, at least last year. Like he was really good, and I, I think he's got some potential to be a, a good game breaker for the for the Devils this year. Yeah, all makes sense to me. We're gonna take a short break, but coming up after this, we are going to have bold predictions, season standings predictions, and also best bets with Lee Sterling. So you will not want to miss this coming up right after this. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. 
and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. This live show is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from end control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear us? How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, lively, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. I'm Scott Cullen, host of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, with three sleepers for you to consider for this fantasy hockey season. Tampa Bay Lightning Center, Anthony Sorelli. Off to a good start last year. He had 21 points in 27 games, but then a wrist injury started to bother him down the stretch. He managed just one assist in his last 23 regular season games. Now that Sorelli's healthy, expect a bounce back season. The Montreal Canadiens made winger Thomas Tatar a healthy scratch for most of their run to the Stanley Cup final. And then, Tatar wasn't in big demand as a free agent. But he lands with a New Jersey Devils team that needs his skill on the wing. And Tatar is good enough that he's going to elevate the play of New Jersey's young centers. Finally, consider Buffalo's Jeff Skinner who has really struggled the past two years. He has 37 points in 112 games, but the Sabres have a new coach, and Skinner's looking at a chance to play on the first line and on the top power play unit. He might just find his way back to fantasy relevance. Check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast for more news and analysis every day throughout the NHL season. All right, this is the Locked On NHL special season preview edition featuring the cross-check NHL hosts, myself, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And we are very excited to talk to you about some bold predictions that we've got for this year. Mary, do you want to go first or should I go first? You should go first. Let's not, right. confuse, uh, let's not confuse our producer on the back end with mixing things up in the order. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So I've got a spicy one here and people might say that I'm biased because I'm living in Montreal, but I think Jack Eichel ends his season this year as a Montreal Canadian. I look at teams that are looking for a top end center teams that are willing to make sacrifices to their current roster and teams with space, right? The Canadians can make space. The Shea Weber LTIR gives them space to add where they don't have to take as much salary off of their current roster. And I think that you look at Mark Bergevin being in the last year of his deal. He got a taste of what his legacy could be in Montreal last year, losing carry price to start the season hurts Losing Shea Weber probably for ever hurts probably even more for Mark Bergevin, but adding a guy like Jack Eichel who could take them to a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years would cement his legacy as a general manager who can get it done. And I think he's going to ma- manage a way to do it. They've got the assets, they've got the draft picks to make a deal like that happen. I think that's where he goes. Oh, that Andrew, that is a spicy take. And I kind of love it uh, because you're right. He does fit in on this team. The Canadians need center depth. They lost a whole bunch of players and Eichel would provide that for them. But who knows if he would actually play this year because that's still kind of uncertain. But I think for the chaos factor, I think that that's my favorite option of the ones I've seen thus far because I don't want him to go to like the docks. Uh, who aren't contending. Yeah, that's the thing. He wants to get into the playoffs, right? So like Arizona has space, the Ducks have space, but why would he go there? I still think Vegas would also be pretty high on the chaotic list, but uh, Montreal, I think, would turn, would because Vegas is kind of expected, or at least that's what it seems like at this point. It's kind of expected just because that's been talked about so much. But Eichel going to Montreal would, I think, be the most chaotic and I think would also bring the Leafs, Leafs fans the most pain, if I'm being honest. And that's, isn't that always the best? As long as Leafs fans are in pain, you know, the hockey Twitter's humming. Everybody else is happy. (laughs) 
Yep. All right. I guess we'll move on to my predictions. Uh, and my prediction is spicy, but I maybe not maybe not as spicy as Eichel. But mine is that Alex Ovechkin, if he's healthy, will score forty plus goals. But the Capitals will miss the playoffs. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is an incredible goal scorer, and he's been on a forty goal pace for like I think the last four seasons. Um, so this that isn't a surprise. But what is a surprise is the Capitals missing the playoffs. Uh, I really do not think that they will be able to pull it together. I know they're kind of the kings of the regular season, um, but I think that that is a team destined for a downfall. Um, and it is, and in my opinion, that it will happen this year. I've been, I said that, uh, I also said that about the Penguins too. Uh, so I am probably going to be wrong about both because that's how it always works with me and my bold predictions. And you never count out the Penguins or the Capitals, but I really do think that Ovechkin will continue to hit for a 40 goal pace. Um, because he's just so good, and I really wanted to break Gretzky's record, but the Capitals will miss the playoffs. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, if Ovechkin can score that much, the Caps missing. Ooh, I, I yeah. I mean, I don't think it, right. I know, but that's why it's bold. Like, it's true. I, I want to. I think the reason why I picked it is because I don't want the Capitals to make the playoffs, so my prediction is right. But I also want Ovechkin to score a lot of goals, so he hit, so he breaks Gretzky's record. So I was like, how do I mix these both? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So. It is, I know it's a spicy, spicy, spicy one, but it's my belief and I'm sticking to it. All right. We also have a bold prediction from locked on senators to throw to as well. So we're going to hear what their bold prediction is. It better not be that the senators are going to win the cup or something. I'm just telling you guys, Brandon, I'm looking at you. Hey everyone, Ross Levitan here with the Locked On Senators Podcast. And alongside Brandon Pillar, we have a pair of bold predictions for you when it comes to this upcoming Senators season. Oh yeah, Ross, and our two predictions are going to revolve around two of the best players on the Ottawa Senators. I'll start with mine, and I'm so glad that hockey is back in the Olympics, some best-on-best competition, and there's a couple Senators players that are going to be looking to make their respective countries' teams, and Thomas Shabbat will make Team Canada. I mean, how do you leave a guy like this off your roster if you're looking to create a decor? He's led the NHL in time on ice, playing for the Senators. He's shouldered so much responsibility, and he's a guy that coaches can rely upon shift after shift in those big moments and there's a lot of players that he's going to have to beat out to get one of those spots but I'm confident that Tom Shabbat will have a great season this year and that will reward him with a spot on Team Canada's roster. He's already contributed so much to Team Canada the only defenseman to ever win MVP at the World Juniors but he's up against stiff competition you look at Darnell Nurse Shea Theodore, Jacob Chikrin, and does Canada decide to go with the old guard? What are guys like Duncan Keith going to do? Mark Giordano, some of those veterans, I think he beats them out as well. But mine, I'm going to go with a guy we know is going to be at the Olympics, and that's Tim Stutzla with Germany. But his second season in Ottawa, I see that point total skyrocketing. I'm calling 65 or more points for the young German superstar. He had 29 in 53 games, and let's be honest, he was coming off an injury the world juniors it was just a weird year overall but this kid has so much talent he will not be held down tim stutzla 65 or more points and then he'll say what up to his friend thomas shabbat in beijing for the olympics that's our bold predictions have your say at send central make sure you're locked on senators wherever you get your podcasts an olympics yep. prediction you know I, what i yeah, wasn't olympics expecting that corner. but i am here for it that is, uh, I love it. And especially about Tim Stutzla. Oh man, I love, I, I love him already. Uh, so I'm really excited for his season this year. And I really think like he will possibly break out. And then even at the Olympics, I mean, we know that the heavy hitters are, you know, USA, Canada, uh, Sweden, Finland, Russia, but you know, it'll still be really exciting to watch him on Olympic guys. Cause who boy, he has got an incredible skill set. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think Thomas Shabbat is almost a lock for Team Canada. I think he needs to have a bounce back year. He kind of struggled last year, but he's got such a good Hockey Canada profile and Hockey Canada loves that. And frankly, outside of Kale McCarr, the the defense is pretty barren. I mean, there's not a lot of competition out there. I think a lot of the guys who are Hockey Canada mainstays are aged out. You know, Drew Doughty will probably make it. Duncan Keith, I don't think there's any chance that he's going to make it. He's been pretty bad for several years in a row now, and even you know, being on the power play with Connor McDavid isn't going to save that. So I, I think that uh, Shabbat's a, a good lock. 
How did you feel, Mary, about Seth Jones being one of the first three players named to the U.S. Olympic team? Because I know that Seth Jones is a highly respected player, but he's had a couple of bad seasons. He's really kind of going downward the last couple of seasons as well, like trending the wrong way to be one of the first tells me that maybe their decision making process isn't as optimal as we expect. Yeah, um, I'm not really surprised. I actually I did a uh, roster preview when we got the news that NHLers were coming back to the Olympics. And I did put Seth Jones in there because I know how USA hockey works and they love their they love their guys who can chew up minutes. And that is a Seth Jones to a T. And it's also not surprising because Stan Bowman um, is the I don't know if general manager of USA uh, USA hockey. He's in charge of putting the roster together. And Seth Jones is his guy in Chicago. So that that doesn't surprise me. Um, I hope that he is better player this year because I want team USA to win and I don't want to have to, you know, suffer uh, a Canadian cross check, uh, NHL show podcast when we get to the Olympics, because I know that's where you and I are going to fight Andrew, but, uh, I hope he's better. I think for everybody's sakes and then probably Chicago too, but it, it doesn't surprise me because hockey men are going to hockey men, Andrew. I mean, you've already dealt with a Canadian women, uh, hockey team winning over the Americans. You've already dealt with the women's soccer team, Canada winning for the first time. Andrew, so do you want to continue? Make, do you want to continue the, the show? <laughs> Andrew, do you want to continue the show? Can we throw it to our guest, please? So before yes, I punch yes. my computer. All right. We've got handicapping expert Lee Sterling joining us right now to give us some of the best bets for this upcoming season. How's it going, Lee? I'm good. I can't complain at all. Uh, the way the season we had last year, I think we were number one in the country. I know we sold our picks on covers. There was like 37 handicappers and we doubled the number two guys. So uh, it's, it's, I'm a part of it, but I have a staff that is unbelievable. That's awesome. That's like, that's quite the thing to hang your hat on. Yeah. Well, it's not easy. I I was born in Abilene, Texas, played college football. So uh, had to learn on the fly. There was no hockey leagues growing up down here in South Florida. (laughs) All right. So Lee, what are your top bets this year for the NHL season? Okay, well, one of them that I love is the Columbus Blue Jackets under the 76.5 total points for the season. Now, what happens is the public will bet overs. Like, for instance, I was in Vegas in August. I stood in front of a guy. He bet 11 totals in football, win totals, and all of them were overs. He's lucky if he finishes 500. So what they do is they add on some extra games. For instance, in the NFL, they added on six extra wins. So – there is no way that you can win just betting overs. Same thing for hockey. Columbus Blue Jackets lost their best two players in Cam Atkinson and Seth Jones. The offseason, they were bottom five in virtually every single advanced metric last year. Um, they have an even tougher division this year with Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, and both New York teams. I, I don't think they even hit 70 there. I'm playing under 76 and a half points. Columbus Blue Jackets, that's one of my three top plays. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. The Blue Jackets have had successive seasons of losing big-time players, and even with the coaching change moving away from John Tortorella, it's going to be a tough year for them. They're clearly in a rebuild, and as much as the NHL loves their parity, betting the under on this one makes sense to me. What else you got? Okay, this might be my my second strongest. It's the Montreal Canadiens under 89.5 points. So injuries, Shea Weber, uh, weak center position, Tyler uh, to Foley. This is a guy that last year had 28 goals uh, on a 17.7 shooting percentage, which is six points higher than his previous high uh, last year. An easy all-Canadian division. Uh, they face uh, this year Boston, Tampa Bay, and my rising Florida Panthers. I, I don't. I don't. I think they'll have trouble hitting 83 to 85 points there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And without Carey Price to start the season, is a it's yeah. a tough uphill battle for them. They've lost a lot, both in terms of talent and leadership. So before he, he we let you he, go, he, he was standing on his head. I mean, yes, for absolutely for late in the season and, and in the playoffs. So and even with a full roster, this isn't a team that's dominated in the regular season any recent no. season. So it, it's it's a tough sled for them in a very tough division. So before we let you go, Lee, what's your last big bet for us? Okay, this is my strongest one. We went against the Arizona Diamondbacks under in baseball. We love the Arizona Coyotes under 67 and a half points here. They are rated as my 31st out of 32nd team. Last year, uh, 
They 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 had a really good captain. I felt they kept them together. And Oliver Ekman Larson, he's gone. Uh, lost their best forward, and Connor Garland uh, traded their best player, their goalie, uh, Darcy Kemper. I, I, they even traded for a retired player here who's not even going to play in Andrew Ladd. So um, I think they're going to hit rock bottom. They may not even be in Arizona in two years under 67 and a half points. We rate our selections at Paramount Sports from 10 to 50 units. That's a 50-unit max wager. Wow. And I think that is I think that's what the Coyotes want though. They want to be tanking. Considering yeah. all the draft picks they've got, that is an incredible bet to make. I would 100% slam that under. All right. Thanks so much Lee for joining us and giving us these excellent bets to start the NHL season. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great night. You too. So we're uh, getting close to the end here of the Locked On NHL season preview special with the Crosscheck NHL hosts, myself, Andrew Berkshire, and Mary Clark. Uh, that was really good. I think I'm going to lay down some money on the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> under. I mean, if he's so, that solid on that, I'm I'm down for it. Yes, absolutely, 100%. And I don't even do sports bets, but that really convinced me that the Coyotes are about to hit rock bottom, and I'm so here for it. So, so here for it. But I right. think before we're leaving, we should do maybe a couple awards picks before we sign off for the night. Before we wrap it up. Yeah, yep. let's do that. Let's uh, let's look at, I think we're going to start with the Calder Trophy. I think that was what was planned out. Uh, I think I, I'm going to go first. I think I'm going to make a against the grain pick because I think everybody expects me to say Cole Caulfield. I'm not going to say Cole Caulfield. I think there's a lot of pressure on Caulfield to score this year. I'm going to go with Spencer Knight from the Florida Panthers. There's a lot of pressure on him too, but I really like his profile. I think that uh, his, his play last year has been, was excellent limited. I know, but his play in college was spectacular. He's got a team in front of him. That's looking to compete. I think he's going to run away with the Calder trophy this year. Hmm. And that plays right into your Panthers pick of them being tops in the tops in the Atlantic. So this is not a surprise from you. I, however, I'm going to go with Cole Caulfield because the dude is an absolute stud. He was incredible to watch, really brought life to the Canadians. Um, he's going to get a lot of time too to play um, with Montreal because of their lack of forward depth since they lost a whole bunch of players so he's going to get power play time he's really going to see a lot of time and i really think that will probably inflate his points numbers not in a bad way but it will be to the effect of uh the people who pick these awards are going to see that and be like oh yes the rookie that has the most points give him the calder so i am just playing based on how i know the media picks these awards but also he'll probably deserve it by the end of the season this is true, and it seems like our Locked On NHL hosts voted on this award, and they agree with you, Mary, that Cole Caulfield, they put 46.2% of Locked On NHL hosts voted for Cole Caulfield, and it seems like the San Jose Sharks Locked On hosts voted for William Eklund a bunch of times just to skew the numbers, because we know William Eklund's not going to win the Calder. Sorry, guys, it's not going to happen. There's just not <laughs> enough opportunity in San Jose to be good. Oh. They're bad. I think they want to be bad, though. They want to get some good drafts. It's true. Picks. They definitely want to rebuild, but they've got so many huge contracts to deal with. So after the Calder, we've got, uh, I think, the Norris. We'll do the yeah, Norris next. So. Yeah, so I think you and I have the same pick here, Mary, and that's Kel McCarr. Yeah, and I, I don't think, think we need to say it's much not, else. It's not controversial. It's also no. the the majority opinion of the lockdown. See, NHL Andrew, host. we're smart. We're smart. We're giving the Everybody's people what smart. they want. We're giving you know what this means, though? Want. That we're all going to be wrong. Oh, <laughs> Andrew, you don't have to say it like that. We it's can't just look the stupid. way it works. This is oh. hockey, right? Nobody expected the Montreal Canadiens to beat the Leafs last year or the Golden Knights. They, that wasn't going to happen, and it did. This is the way. That the hockey works. Kel McCarr definitely not winning the Norris now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry that we jinxed him out of that. But I mean, what is there else to say about Kel McCarr that hasn't already been said? He's an incredible defenseman. So, so good. So fun to watch. I'm really excited to see what he does with the uh, Colorado Avalanche, who I don't think we're going to get to this, but it's my pick to win the Stanley Cup this year. So I definitely can see him hoisting the Stanley Cup, and getting that uh, coveted Norris trophy by the end of the season. All right. Uh, dark horse to win the Norris this year. Let's go with Dougie Hamilton, who Ooh. seems to be on this list twice somehow, so he actually should be up into the top four because he got 3.8 twice on this list. I guess they must have somehow messed up that uh, that voting system. But uh, Dougie Hamilton, 
in New Jersey has a huge opportunity to stand out. And I think that uh, if the New Jersey Devils make the playoffs, it's probably going to be Dougie Hamilton having the career year of his life. Uh, after that, let's go continuing moving backward and look at the Vesna. I think once again, we're boring and have the same pick here for the Vesna, and that is Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, I mean, dude's an incredible goaltender. He's just, he's so steady in the regular season. Like, what? He's just so good. There's, he's a reason why they've made it so far as they have and have been, you know, as competitive as they have. I mean, I know that, you know, the big guys get all the love in Tampa Bay, but Vasilevsky is an incredibly steady goaltender. Uh, Hellebuck, that was no slouch, though, at number two on this uh, rankings list. I can absolutely see Hellebuck getting the Vesna too. It's, to me, kind of a coin flip because they're both just so good. But uh, I, for me, it's Vasilevsky. But like I said, Hellebuck, no slouch either. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that Hellebuck is the superior goaltender. Uh, I, I'm actually a, not a doubter of Vasilevsky, but I do think that he's generally a little bit overrated. I do think he's great. I just don't think he's a de facto number one or number two goaltender in the, in the league or the world. I think he plays on a fantastic team that he helps to elevate, but also they elevate his numbers at the same time. But I see the story developing for Vasilevsky this year where the Lightning have taken a step back from a roster perspective, and he's going to be the guy that everyone looks at. I see that why that's why he's going to win the Vesna trophy. But I must you know, Kemper say, can steal it. Helbuck can steal it. Elvis Nurse Lincoln's at 3.8% is really interesting to me because I know we're, you know, not high on Columbus, but that is, that's a really interesting pick to me because I do think he's going to be a very good goaltender in the future. Just maybe not now, but that is a really interesting pick. I like that one. Yeah. It's, it's fun to look at. I mean, you could say the same thing for like UC Saros who had a great year last year, but on the Nashville predators that are clearly rebuilding, he's not going to have much of a chance to, to shine. I don't think, but let's move on because this kind of layers my Vasilevsky talk into the heart trophy where I have a spicy take here this year that despite the fact that Connor McDavid should be almost assured the heart trophy every year, I think Andre Vasilevsky is going to win the heart this year. Ooh, he, swinging around, swinging around. Oh, yes. I he's overrated. My prediction, my predictions are bold this year. Okay. And it's not that I think he's going to be the best player in the league this year. It's the narrative. Okay. So the lightning lost their second line. They've taken huge hits throughout the lineup. They're not able to add much because of the salary cap, but they're going to be great. Still who's left. That's going to hold them together and have a great season. Andre Vasilevsky. So if the lightning play amazing in the regular season, it's going to be Andre Vasilevsky who was held out as look at this guy who kept the team together, who, who made them amazing. Once again, you know, it's not Nikita Kucherov coming back. It's Andre Vasilevsky, the same talk that we heard in the playoffs. And I think that's going to follow through to the heart trophy this year. I see what you're saying, Andrew, and I respect it. But Connor McDavid is winning the heart. This is, this isn't a debate. This is not a debate. Connor McDavid you know is the what? best player if in the NHL. If it wasn't a debate, then wouldn't he have won it like almost each of the last five years? I think we've gotten past the part where, you know, the Oilers didn't make the playoffs and we didn't give it to him that one year. I don't know why Dreisaitl got it that other year, too. It should have been McDavid's. But I think that the general media that votes on this is wrong and they should be giving it to McDavid every year. Uh, I may have also been on that train that the Oilers didn't make the playoffs and uh, he shouldn't have gotten it. I was on that train, but I am wrong and I will admit that. But he's the best player in the NHL. He put up 100 points in 50-some games last year, and I expect him to hit 100 points again. He's just incredible. Yeah, he is. He's the best player in the NHL, and I look forward to seeing what he can do this year. I don't know if he can be as great as he was last year. Last year was phenomenal, and I think that's what concerns me about the Oilers is that despite Dreisaitl and, and McDavid almost rewriting the record books, they couldn't get much going. So it'll be interesting to see this year if maybe there's a bit more of a crackdown on uh, some infractions that McDavid suffers from being the best player in the league. But uh, I expect him to have another great year. But uh, yeah. Okay. So cup picks. We'll do who's going to win the cup. We're going to skip the cup finalists. And so, Mary, who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Well, I think we can skip the cup finalists because we have uh, the same picks for the cup finalists, but us going different ways on it. My pick, as I said before, is the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, and hey, look at that. I'm going with the consensus again. I'm very excited <laughs> to be wrong in these picks, but we're going to say I'm smart anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, Avalanche are just an incredible team. Uh, we talked a lot about the pieces that make them so good. Uh, they are an incredibly exciting team. That's what hockey should be, in my opinion, is what the Avalanche have built. 
there. They're just, yeah, they're the favorites. Um, I like the Lightning, too, and we're going to talk about your pick, which is on here, too, but uh, the Avalanche are my team for the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, I, I love the Avalanche, and I would love for them to win simply because a good friend of mine, Arik Parnas, works for the Colorado Avalanche, so totally biased in favor of them. I would cheer for them should they make it that far. But I don't even have them going to the cup final. I actually have the Golden Knights meeting the New York Islanders in the cup final and the Islanders taking it. They've been knocking at the door for three or two seasons now, being in the conference finals two years in a row. I think this year they outlast the Lightning if the Lightning make it that far. And I think Lou is just down to cheat his way to the cup this year. Not actual cheating, but like he's bending the rules. I mean, he still has players on that team that like we don't even know what they've signed for yet. For no reason. It gives him no advantage whatsoever, but like nobody knows what Zach Parise is making yet. You know, so I think this is a team that's willing to buy. They've got Anders Lee back, hopefully for the whole season in playoffs. They're healthy. I think this is a team that's going for broke and they have a limited window because of the age of their roster. Yes, Barzal is young, but most of that team are in their late 20s to early 30s, even late 30s. So they're a team that's going to win now or never. And I think Lou is going to put every like every card on the table to get them there. Yeah. I mean, if if now is the time, it's the time. Now is it. And I'm really high on the Islanders. I talked a whole bunch about it on our podcast. And today uh, I do think that they have a very good team. So I can absolutely see them winning the Stanley Cup by the end of the season. All right. Thanks so much to everyone for joining us for the Locked On NHL special season preview live show hosted by myself, Andrew Berkshire, and Mary Clark. Please check out the Crosscheck NHL show. We have a 16-part series called the Summer Crosscheck or Crosscheck Summer Crossover, previewing every single NHL team in the league with our local Locked On experts. You can go back. We did it over eight weeks. It was spectacular and we've also got a preview show that published today please check that out and then enjoy the beginning of the nhl season it's one of the best times of the year thank you so much for being with us here tonight i'm going to go watch some hockey